Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Gibby, and today we will be exploring the Quran and Islam and the differences between Christianity and Islam. Okay, so Christianity and Islam are the two major religions right now in the world. I guess you could incorporate Judaism, but honestly, Judaism is a lot of the same as Christianity. Now, they're still wrong because they don't believe the Messiah has come and they can't get to heaven that way. But for the sake of the argument as far as what is involved overall in the lifespan and of the major religions, Judaism is like the precursor to Christianity. So Christianity and Islam, they are different in many ways. But what they are alike on is the aspect that they mention Jesus. They both mention the angel Gabriel. They both mention Ishmael. Now, for those of you who don't know, Ishmael was the illegitimate son of Abraham. Abraham was a major piece to Christianity in the Old Testament. Abraham was the one who was led to establish the promised land. He was the one who was promised to have a son with his wife named Isaac, where we later find out Isaac was the lineage and the ancestor of Jesus Christ, of the family. So you can look like throughout the Bible, there's a lot of times it says, begot this person, begot this person, and you check out the lineage and it all leads up to Christ. So with Islam, what they did is, for those of you who don't know much about Ishmael, Ishmael was the son of Abraham and Sarah's maiden or handmaid, Hagar. So illegitimate, but wanted him to have a kid. Sarah did. So he had a kid with Hagar and eventually down the line, after so many years, Sarah did have Isaac. Well, Sarah got very jealous and long story short, Ishmael and Hagar were exiled. We don't hear much about Ishmael afterwards because he was illegitimate. They follow Isaac, which we see how that progresses over time. But that's where Islam comes in. Ishmael is the one they follow. They follow his lineage because he was the first son of Abraham. They say he was the lineage that brought him Muhammad. Muhammad is their main prophet. He's the one who was up on the mountain you can look this up on YouTube. You can look this up and it's just always there. I mean, it's simple facts. You see it from 
almost every Muslim you see, they say that he went up to the secluded mountain. Angel Gabriel came, gave him the books of the Quran, the scrolls, and the the prophecy of Allah. But the funny thing is you'll see the Quran wasn't put together till so many years after Muhammad's death. In fact, I think it was like 300 years after Muhammad had died that they had the whole Quran placed in order. So now that you know kind of the idea of where this is coming from, I want you to listen to both sides. So the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the Messiah. The, I believe it's the Torah or the Talmud. Honestly, it's very hard to know all of the Jews exact like books they use, but the Orthodox Jews typically use simply the Old Testament. So it is the Bible, but they still follow the old law and everything. The prophecy of a coming Messiah, the prophecy that the Messiah is here, and that's where they follow. So from that stance, you've got the Muslims who are following the track of Ishmael, the Christians and the Jews who are following the track of Isaac. Now we've reached the part of Christianity down the line of Isaac. The Messiah came from a virgin Mary, virgin birth. He's pure. He's holy. He's come to save all men from their sins. He has come to like rectify a sinful world. And he is a prophet. Do not get me wrong. He is a prophet. But that is not where it stops. He is the son of God. He has power. He is holy. And the Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, you'll see in different versions of the Bible, they take out begotten, say his only son. But if you see tracks throughout the Bible, you'll see where we are the child of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. So that word begotten is super important because it distinguishes that he is the direct son of God. That's another reason why whenever Christ tells them in the Great Commission, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. Amen. He is saying the Trinity. He's saying baptize them in these three names. Um, He said whatsoever I have teach you I am with you always so a prophet can't be with you always whenever he is one when he's already been executed if a prophet's been executed 
He's dead. But Christ raised from the dead. And right before the Great Commission, or right as the Great Commission was going on, this was because he was about to ascend. He was about to go back to heaven. That's where we know, like, when we talk about the second coming of Christ. So what I'm saying is, if somebody who has died, has resurrected, is telling you to do it in the name of the Trinity, is the only begotten Son, says he is commanding A prophet can't command you to do something. If he is, he's saying by the authority of God. Christ is God. So that's where this whole oneness idea just is out there. Now, I'm talking about Islam, but I just wanted to show some establishment to get you really going to understand what is going on here. So... The Bible talks about the only begotten Son, the Trinity. He's with you always. He's resurrected. I mean, he's from a virgin birth. Judas betrays him and he hangs himself after he's repented himself. So, (coughs) excuse me. That being said, Judas is dead, okay? Judas is dead. The reason I bring Judas is because in the Quran, and we're actually going to pull up from the Quran app, what the Quran says. All right. First of all, Surah 4. Um... Let me see. I meant to write it down and I forgot, so I just need a second to find it. I believe it's 53. Well, I'm trying to find it because I did forget to write it down. But until I can find the verse, it is in Surah 4 of the Quran. They're talking about Christ referring to Jesus. They are talking about who we claim to have the Christ, that he was never crucified and that he never resurrected. They are acknowledging that he was a prophet. They're saying he is still a prophet of Allah. But they're saying he got replaced. And if you talk to a lot of Muslim scholars, which 
I've looked them up, you know. I haven't talked to any of them personally. But if you literally talk to what they reference, so many of them believe Judas took his place. So first of all, they're denying Christ as God. They are denying that he was died on the cross and that he resurrected. And they are saying Judas took his place. But if you follow me with that in mind, go to it's Surah 5, I believe it's 68. Let me find it here. Yes, right here. The Quran in Surah 5, verse 68, 68 says, Say, O people of the scripture, you stand nowhere unless you observe the Torah and the Evangel and that Quran which has now been revealed to you from your Lord. And certainly that which has been revealed to you from your Lord will increase many of them in ordinate rebellion and disbelief. So do not grieve from the disbelieving people. Okay, let me tell you what this is saying. It mentioned the Torah, which is... I think the new Torah is just the first five books of the Old Testament. I believe certain Orthodox Jews believe it's more. But let's still, let's just take it as even the first five books. So just the way it's saying, the Torah and the Evangel, which look it up, because I did myself, look it up on Google. The Evangel is the gospel. And that, in parentheses, Quran, which has now been revealed to you from your Lord. So they're saying the Quran, now it's been revealed. Now, after so many years, it's been revealed. It's saying, observe the Torah, the Evangel, and the Quran which has now been revealed to you from your Lord. And certainly that which has been revealed to you from your Lord will increase many of them in ordinate rebellion and disbelief. So do not grieve for the disbelieving people. It's saying, show this. Show this because the ones who are disbelieving, this is your commandment. And if you want to elaborate with me, we can because... I may have interpreted this a little bit wrong, but even say I did, you got to read it word for word what it says. So again, say, O people of the scripture, you stand nowhere unless you observe the Torah and the Evangel and that Quran, which has now been revealed to you from your Lord. So it's saying You don't stand anywhere. You stand nowhere in the faith unless you observe the Torah, which is the law, 
the Evangel, which is the gospel, and that Quran. Well, it's saying in the Quran, you have to observe the Quran, the book we're reading right now, the Torah, the law, and the Evangel, the gospel. So this here, the Quran is saying this discredits Judaism. The Quran is discrediting Judaism because it's saying we have to observe the Torah and the Evangel, and they don't observe the Evangel. But then the Quran is contradicting itself because it is saying follow the Evangel and Torah. I keep saying this because the Quran is making room for the law and the gospel. And it says we have to obey that with the Quran. But if we do as the Quran says, we can't obey the Quran because the Evangel is sitting here saying, or the gospel, the Bible, is saying Christ is the Messiah, saying <coughs> he was resurrected from the dead, that he paid for our sins, that he will come back. They are only saying that he's a prophet, but if you follow on and on, they never mention Allah. They mention God. They follow the line of Isaac, not Ishmael. And if you go all the way down into Revelation, the last book in the Bible, it says Christ is going to come back. It never leaves any room for the Quran. So the Quran discredits the Torah or Judaism, and it discredits the Quran itself. So now what do we do? If, if Judaism's discredited based on one of the main leading religions, the Quran, or sorry, Islam, and it's discredited, then we have to observe Christianity. Now, then if the Quran's been discredited, then Judaism is still credible. So then it puts Christianity and Judaism against each other. Well, Christianity follows the prophecies just like the Old Testament, but has eyewitness accounts of Christ existing, resurrecting. So you follow this lineage and you follow everything and you follow eyewitness accounts and you follow scriptures. Christianity proves itself against Judaism. So then all we have left with merit is Christian Christianity. Now you can have some people who might believe in Buddha and all these and honestly I'm not going to waste my time with those because <coughs> excuse me. They seem to discredit themselves based on just statistics of who follows what. Christianity is the only credible 
source of religion out there that doesn't contradict itself. And what I want you to realize is the fact that through all of this, you get to the idea of, is it Christianity or is it evolution? What's easier to believe? Seriously, what is easier to believe? Boom. Or God spoke it into existence. People want to know where time, space, and matter came from. Just read the very first sentence. And really just the very first few words of Genesis chapter number one and verse number one. You know what? Let's do that. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And And God called the light day, and the darkness to be or he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day so let's go as far as saying just the first five five verses God created light and dark night and day heaven and earth in the beginning time space and matter And the earth was without form and void. So we're talking about, in the first five verses, and maybe even before, it addresses the three main questions that evolution is so wound up about that they have no way to acknowledge. So again, building biblical truth. And when I say that, we're building upon it. We are building off of what the scriptures say. And we're not adding to, we're not taking away. We're building upon a foundation that was laid. Again, like God said in the Great Commission, Go ye therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. He is saying, go out there and teach this. This is what I've commanded. So we're not doing anything wrong by taking the biblical truth and building what he has given us. So, Islam, and I will find that verse and I will post it in the comments because I want you to know firsthand from the Quran what it says about Jesus. But I am telling you right now, we discredited one of the main leading religions just by one for sure. And the second verse, when I put it there, by two verses. And that's not even digging deep into the Quran. Anything that they lay on top of that is just contradictory. 
it's it's simple contradictions now some people might say Christianity he has contradictions too it doesn't because we can prove everything simultaneously but with this particular instance with the Quran it is word for word what it is saying you can't challenge that so Islam is out there now if y'all want to sit here and try and believe in Christianity great I want you to but if you want to sit here and go out and believe in evolution that is your right I can't sit here and change it but I'm telling you what the facts are saying I'm telling you whether you believe in this or this that is your prerogative but you can't sit here and deny the evidence that Islam is just a bogus religion and it's sending people to hell every day because they're living a fantasy I'm not saying I like evolution or that they're right but I'm saying they have more merit as to how they can challenge our thinking versus Islam now we can prove Christianity against evolution a lot easier because it's fact versus opinion but Islam they're placing it as fact as scriptural fact so a lot of times people just want to go with the flow and fight it and you see people converting to it every day but if you would pay attention to those verses or surahs you would see how idiotic and terrible it is I'm telling you don't go on the track of Islam thank y'all for tuning in today I hope to see you next episode